Is it on? <laughs> I'm Alex, here with Coach K, Jay Derrick, and we are Alive Today. What about tomorrow, though? You just need to get here. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of Alive Today. Um, I don't really know how to introduce this guy. Like, Can you tell what you remember? No, no, not even what I remember, right? So it's it's one of those things where um, Aki linked us together. We had Aki on last week. And then he's the guy who's like kind of quiet, but when he speaks, he dropping knowledge, right? right. So Because we met him at the, Men's, at the Men's Locker Room talk. Mm-hmm. Um, come to find out he's a doctor. Right. So we're like, wait, doctor of what? Like, what do you do? <laughs> and he's like, oh, you know that acupuncture clinic in Colored Bay? I'm like, I've been driving by there for years, Bruh, right? Next to Walters. Next to Walters. <laughs> so then he's like, yeah, that's my place. So I'm like, all right, acupuncture, I got to pull up one day. Pulled up, pulled one, up day. one day. <laughs> Only white coat in the building, right? <laughs> so without further ado, Dr. Loren Brown. Thank you, thank you. All right. <laughs> woo, 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 woo. Pleasure to be here. Pleasure to be here. So thank good you guys af- for having me. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon. Um, so yeah, like I said, offline, like this is just a flow. Mm-hmm. We, we want to know about you. We want to know how you got into this, why you got into this, and how you sustain it. You know, because obviously we know where we are, and we know the, uh, <clears throat> I guess, the stereotypes of medicine in general in mm-hmm. the black community. Right. So with you being an African American, Caribbean American doctor, how in the hell did you become an acupuncturist or how do I, or an acupuncture doctor? What's the right term for that? Uh, actually, the proper term would be uh, I guess the proper legal term would be acupuncture physician. That, okay. That's the proper legal title. Okay. To be honest, uh, very few of us, most of us, are not doctors. Okay. Some people got their MD before doing their oriental medical acupuncture studies. So they're MDs plus acupuncture physicians. They do have a doctorate program for acupuncturists now, but uh, uh, I don't want to use bad language on your show, but it's BS. <laughs> hey, hey, say whatever you right. want to say. It's bullshit. <laughs> um, it's basically a waste of $30,000 and, uh, and a bunch of paper writing. So my colleagues who may hear this may not like it, but I, it, it doesn't impress me at all. Right. Um, and, uh, uh, but yeah, but basically we are acupuncture physicians and I'd actually rather not have the title doctor. Um, a lot of times I find when people see, uh, or hear the word doctor, they think of, uh, like television, like Dr. House, yeah. who knows everything. Right. Right. He doesn't exist in real life. Nobody knows everything. <laughs> yeah. So as an acupuncture physician, they don't expect me to know everything. Um, so you get a lot of that, like, um, pressure is taken off, but as a doctor, you have to, you're expected to know everything and it's just not realistic. It's not possible. Right. And, and do you ever get like any kind of kickback for being like, like you said, like real, like a true, like person who says, Hey, I can help you with the best knowledge that I have. I'm never going to be the guy who fluffs up the information just to get money out of you. Do you ever like get any kickback from that or like? Uh, or any back. praise? Oh, I would say more praise. Uh, I think that's one of the things my patients have grown to love about me mm-hmm. is I will always tell you what you, what I know, and I'll be the first one to use my favorite phrase, I don't know. Right. Yeah. If I don't know, I don't know, but I will direct you to somebody who does. Right. right. That's awesome. I'm not going to give you something that's BS and then eventually maybe cause damage. Or, yeah. mm-hmm. or you know, because uh, in the entire world, particularly in the United States, the... Uh, biggest miscellaneous cause of disease mm-hmm. is wrong diagnosis, mm. wrong treatment. Mm-hmm. Right. Because none of the doctors are willing to humble themselves and say the simple phrase, I don't know. Right. right. Yeah. Wow. Wow. But that's just my opinion on and that. And that's so true. And now it is true. Definitely. So let's start with why. Why did you go into this? Why I went into this? Well, to do that, we're going to have to backtrack to predate before I was even born. Okay. <laughs> and how this whole thing in my family began. Let's do it. Uh, right. My father uh, migrated to this country um, when he was uh, a kid uh, around, I'd say, about 12 years old uh, from Trinidad and Tobago in the right. Caribbean. Mm-hmm. He was raised in New York. And, uh, you know, he was always, like, into the martial arts, acupuncture, traditional Chinese medicine, Asian stuff. He was he was very into it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, 
Where so, in New York? Uh, he was raised in, I don't exactly know the, the old address, but I think like West Side, West okay. Side Upper West Side. Mm-hmm. My grandmother uh, migrated to this country as a, a dancer on Broadway, so they did like oh, wow. traditional wow. Trinidadian dance on uh, Broadway, and, uh, and eventually was granted uh, citizenship. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how actually we became the last name Brown. My family originally had an Indian last name, wow. mm-hmm. and uh, my grandmother Applied, applied for uh, citizenship three times mm. and was rejected three times. No way. So then she said, okay, changed her last name to Brown and put an E at the end of it and was approved straight away. Wow. wow. We've been Brown ever since. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember what the original last name was? Yeah, it was Nodayan. Can't get no. it. <laughs> 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 Only you can say it. <laughs> okay, so your dad is here around 11, 12. Right. He loves Chinese uh, or Asian mm-hmm. um, themed stuff as far as acupuncture, karate, martial arts. Mm-hmm. And then. So then, you know, um, uh, as he was kind of in his 20s, finding himself or whatever, uh, he just started to study all that stuff acupuncture, mm-hmm. uh, martial arts, traditional Chinese medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, did his thing, eventually became a doctor of traditional Chinese medicine. Okay. Him and my mother met uh, uh, in Denver, Colorado, and eventually in the late 70s moved down to Miami. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is where they uh, decided to open in 1981, still not born yet, mm-hmm. um, the first acupuncture and massage university in this state. No way. Wow. Um, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. My father is one of the first licensed acupuncture. <laughs> like, before they had licensure in this state, mm-hmm. yeah. because many of the states still didn't even have a regulatory process, my dad was, you know, one of those pioneers who he was already awesome. doing it. That's crazy. That's awesome. And then when he found out, oh, they're going to offer licensure, he goes, if you're already an acupuncturist, go in to get your license and get grandfathered in. You know, he went and got yeah. it. So he's one of the first, like, I think 20 in the state or something, you know, to get his license. Uh, opened up the school. And, uh, and then uh, I was born two years later. Now, uh, 83. 83. <laughs> um, Telling going, ages on here, right? Low. You know, I was, <laughs> was kind of cheaping on the low, but you blew up my spot. All right, 83. 37. Amen. Um, so uh, when I was born, I was born with a birth defect called spina bifida. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, kids born with spina bifida typically will have things like um, nerve damage, uh, hunchback, muscle weakness, uh, muscle tension, in severe cases, uh, paralysis, wow. uh, brain damage, and uh, severe deformities. Um, I was born with the most severe form of spina bifida, where in the lower lumbar spine, you have a little piece of the spine sticking out, encapsulated in a little sac with the, with the nerves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, my parents kind of hit these. So all me and my brothers were born of a home birth, you know, uh, nice. at home. So my father saw this and instantly saw that he was like, oh, yeah, spina bifida. Now, I was born at nighttime, uh, so uh, he, uh, he realized, he's like, he's okay. They're not going to admit him to the ER till morning anyway. Right. Let him sleep at home, and in the morning, we take him to the hospital. So in the morning, they took me to the hospital, and the doctors, of course, you know, typical Western doctors, were giving you the worst-case scenario. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. At uh, first, they didn't even want to pre- perform the, uh, the surgery. Mm. Um, they said, you know, too late, she took too long, mm-hmm. take the kid home, enjoy whatever time you have left with him, you know, wow. he's not going to make it. Wow. Right? Wow. Um, so my father begged him, like, come on, like, he'll survive this procedure, do it. We're basically, they kind of cut the little uh, encapsulation, mm-hmm. put the spine and the nerves back inside the body, and then sew the skin back together again. Mm-hmm. Finally, one of the surgeons agreed, they did it. It was a success, but he was adamant that I was going to be paralyzed for the rest of my life, waist down, and it might raise up higher in the spine, so Mm -hmm. it was other functions as well. And um, uh, and he said, you know, he could be brain damaged as well. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, my father, you know, being a doctor himself, but of traditional Chinese medicine, and being a father, Mm -hmm. refused to accept that for a son. Of course. Of course. So um, uh, he started treating me immediately using, you know, all the different tools uh, traditional Chinese medicine has on his belt. Like, Question. Sorry. Jump in. Have, have the tools changed over time? So the things that he was using mm-hmm. in 83, have they remained the same tools or same methods or have they kind of changed uh- for the most part, yes, I would say uh, the methods of traditional Chinese medicine have remained the same. Mm-hmm. There is always, I mean, over the past 5,000 years this medicine has existed, it has evolved, right. for sure. For example, a uh, quick example, 
is uh, um, 50, 60 years ago, mm -hmm. uh, many people were reusing needles mm -hmm. um, or using the autoclave method where they would take a needle, use it into this thing that boils it to whatever the right, recount right, right, right. and sterilize it. Now every country on the planet says, yeah, this is just a bad idea. Let's just have right. one-time use needles, yeah. mm -hmm. and there will be no bloodborne pathogen contamination whatsoever. Right. Right. China was one of the last countries to hang on to the old autoclave method, and even them about, I'd say, 10, 15 years ago, said, you know, this is a bad idea. Just, mm -hmm. you know, right. even if there's a 0.1% chance, there's zero chance with a brand new needle. Gotcha. Right. Mm -hmm. So little things like that have changed along the way. Or like some treatment methods, like um, Moxa, you might have seen that. It has that little, like, cigar-looking thing, and they burn it. Or it comes in like a loose leaf form and it, it, it's warming, it's invigorating, it has a tonifying effect. They used to have this technique called scarring mucks where they put it directly on your skin Sheesh. and it would scar you. Wow. As you can imagine, that's like 1,500 years. Right, right, they, right. You know, they don't, they don't do that <laughs> anymore. Right. You know? right. <laughs> okay, so now your, your dad is using these methods on you mm -hmm. as an infant. Uh, yes and no. Okay. For example, like acupuncture, didn't do that as an infant. Okay. You don't really need infants, mainly because uh, with acupuncture, uh, you almost have to want to, to do it on purpose, but you can't cause harm to the physical body. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. You know, we do have the internal organs here. We have other things that you can easily puncture, particularly an infant who's not a very large creature. Yeah. Right. And not, uh, I was going to say intelligent, <laughs> enough, but developed enough to know, like, don't sit move. still, yeah. stay mm -hmm. still. So um, uh, typically they don't needle infants. Typically for in infants, uh, even for advanced medical things, they'll do uh, massage techniques. Mm -hmm. um, it's uh, it's, it's uh, Twina Medical Chinese Massage for infants. So you started off doing things like this. As I grew older, you know, um, uh, massage turned into like uh, exercise, which is physical therapy type stuff, right. mm -hmm. which is also still part of Chinese medicine. Um, as I grew older still, mm -hmm. and I wouldn't cry anymore, <laughs> acupuncture and electric stimulation needles, because I was a baby, of course, mm -hmm. you try right. to needle a baby, they cry. Right, 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 right. <laughs> um, so uh, we did that for years. I mean, every night, my father would come home, you know, and keep in mind, this is, you know, back in the early, uh, mid to late 80s. Mm -hmm. Nobody in Miami, Florida, regardless of race, religion, or whatever, was too interested in acupuncture, traditional Chinese medicine, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he's trying to survive with a family of five. Wow. Mm -hmm. um, with a school that nobody really wants to go to. And a practice that nobody wants to get treated from. Right. Right. So he's bust into his 16, 17 hour days. And he gets home, and I'm his last patient of the day. Wow. So sometimes it felt like he took some of that aggression out on me. <laughs> Those were some strong massages, I remember. But, of course, uh, as a labor of love, he did that every day. And I was a kid, not realizing... The importance of what he was doing all the time. So I'd fight. I don't want to do that. I want to watch TV. I want to yeah, do yeah, yeah. No, we're doing it. Were you exhibiting any of the symptoms at the time? Oh, absolutely. I could. I couldn't walk. Mm -hmm. So like, uh, I didn't have much feeling below my waist whatsoever. Oh wow. Okay. So we would do things like he would, you know, have my foot here, and he would say, "Push forward," and I, just, I can't. He goes, "I know. Just do it." I'm like, "It doesn't." He says, "In your mind, push forward. Now right. pull back." Da -da. Until about age four. Uh, nothing happened. At age four, just a millimeter, it moved for the wow. first time on its own. Freaked wow. us both out. We're like, oh, shit. <laughs> wow. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah, You yeah, saw yeah. that. It yeah, moved. Yeah. Right. At age around, I believe they told me five. I was too young to remember, but mm -hmm. around five, I started to take my first steps, which wow. is pretty late walking. That's super, yeah. But I walked. Um, considering Western medicine said, I never, never, right. well, never, never would. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, as the joke, I always say, my ex-girlfriend would probably say I'm severely brain damaged, but, you know, I don't think it happens, you know, <laughs> in my opinion. Right. Um, Lulu, if you're listening, love you. Um, <laughs> just kidding, baby. Let's go. No heat, no smoke. Right. You gotta lose. It's a joke. Um, but, uh, so, uh, but I still went to Miami Children's Hospital regularly mm -hmm. just to do kind of checkups. And... Uh, you know, they would say the same. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. Mm -hmm. It's a miracle. It was no miracle. It was no magic. Right. It was medicine. It was work. Yeah. It was traditional Chinese medicine and my father's devotion to make this work. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, his actually philosophy was quite simple. Um, where they're saying that, you know, there's no way we can get the spine, the central nervous system, 
and, and peripheral nervous system to, to work together. Mm-hmm. So he says, I disagree. If you want those nerves to synapse, we move that foot enough. Right. Even if I'm doing most of the moving, eventually that synapse yeah, has to fire. Mm-hmm. And if I can get it to fire once, I can get it to fire a thousand times. Right. It took him four years to get that thing right. to fire. Right. But he yeah. got it to fire. Um, Question. At this point, were there any like write-ups about you guys? Like the Herald, the news, nothing. There's never been. So is this like... Up until this point, never. Question. Wait. Wait, and the video, okay. Mm-hmm. So can you say loud and clear that we, Alive Today podcast, are the first time you're telling this story to somewhat like media? Absolutely, this is one That's crazy. The first time. Wow. Hey, we're putting we that on. on <laughs> right, we're putting that everywhere. Like, no, that's awesome. Continue, go, go, go. I'm, no. I'm just trying to, no, like, no, that's no. why, like, do you understand miracle how be it Mm-hmm. You're at, you're talking about a time where nobody cared about what your dad was doing. Right. They were actually, would you say, opposed to it? Very much so. And still now, right, and still mm-hmm. a little right. bit. Like they kind of they say uh, acupuncture and, and chiropractors aren't doctors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But right. you guys are putting in this work and doing things that Western medicine isn't doing. And it's scary to like just imagine all the kids that get sent home with that same diagnosis and they don't have your dad or right. you know someone giving them that option that that's scary right and then these like doctors who went to all these crazy schools saying don't try anything else we're the end-all be-all right mm-hmm. where there isn't you know what i'm saying so that's that's wild man and congratulations to you you oh, know what i'm saying right. <laughs> so that's many amazing. so many years later so uh basically um you know i would be at these these things and I saw this, I had the same appointments as the other kids. Right. So we always, every three months, we would follow up. So we'd see each other in the hallways. And, you know, at the beginning, um, it took me a very long time in my life to realize, in, in despite the fact that it is medicine, how miraculous this or my story kind of was. Because when it's your story, that's that's just like... That, that, it's the normal. That's what it was. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, you know, like, uh, for example, I have a, a mild tremor in my hands due to the spina bifida. I wasn't aware of it till I started school. Mm-hmm. People are like, why do your hands shake? And I'm like, what do you mean my hand shakes? That's just normal. And yeah. I look at other people's hands, and I'm like, oh, not normal. <laughs> okay, time to do cursive. I finished my first sentence. You guys did two pages? How? What? Right. How are y'all doing that so fast? But that's mm-hmm. because, you know, I mean, I still have the effects of the spina bifida. My fine motor skills are definitely not what the average population is. Um, my balance, although I have 37 years of practice at it, definitely not what most people are. If I, uh, most people, you just walk down the street having a conversation with a friend. Mm-hmm. You're not concentrating on your walking. Mm-hmm. Where me, my mind is split 50-50. I'm 50% on a conversation, 50% of, of uh, walking, you know, so I don't fall. Right. To be honest, everyone when I was a kid used to make fun of me like, they used to call me uh, the young George Jefferson. Like, oh, he got that swagger. He got that thug. You know, because I walk with a rhythm to it. Yeah. And I'm like, actually, y'all copy and cripple people like me. <laughs> we kind of realized that if you walk with a little bit of rhythm to you, right. you don't fall as much. Wow. If you just try to walk step, 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 eh, balance not so good. But if you add a little rhythm to it, when it's time to stop, you can stop on mm-hmm. beat. Mm-hmm. You don't fall. Wow. But of course, they're like, oh, he think he cool. And I'm like, no, that's just... <laughs> it's the smartest thing to do. <laughs> wow. I don't know why y'all doing it, but that's why I do it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I would see these kids. And, uh, it, you know, as the years went on, it became more apparent. They're like, wow, this is, this is something special here because they were staying in the wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. None of these kids what were age? improving. I mean, uh, all throughout, up until probably I had stopped going there when I was maybe around 10, 11, 12. Okay. Um, so like late elementary, early middle school. Exactly. And I would see that I'm like, you know, I clearly was continuing to improve. Mm-hmm. I had my, uh, it was plastic, so it wasn't like the 60s, but like my Forrest Gump magic yeah, shoes. Yeah, yeah. I had those on both my legs wow. to teach me to go from heel to toe, heel to toe. Um, by age like 13, 14, I didn't need those anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so clearly, I kept progressing, and they weren't. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was, even as a kid, it was basic logic. There's only one difference. What my father's doing to me at home, that yours aren't. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. right. So 
it kind of like, uh, you know, started to look at my dad kind of like a magician. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so at that point, did those parents reach out to your dad? Like, that's that made sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, well, as far as I know, no. Wow. Not at all. Oh my God. Um, uh, well, I'll get to that later. But it's a little all right, unfortunate. It's sad with the hospital. Um, so I started to be very interested in this mm-hmm. and wanted to to learn. Um, uh, and of course, my father was willing to teach. Of course. Right. So he started teaching me massage and uh, traditional Chinese medicine quite young. Um, much to him and my mother's disapproval, I was not a good student in school. <laughs> I was very smart, right. um, but very bored. Because, you know, uh, I was one of those students that if you said something, my first question was why, why? why? or my answer was no. And yeah. that's how we yeah. knew who you were at the, life. Yeah. <laughs> why? At, the, at the locker room talk, everybody had one opinion, and here comes Aram with the adverse opinion <laughs> to say, well, well, why do you think that? Because I believe, but look, and he would just... Hit it, hit it on the head. I'm just like, dang. Like, and why? the school system is not built for that. Right, it's really not. Right. Yeah. I probably would have thrived better in the more uh, like French school system where <laughs> independent thought is more um, uh, uh, encouraged. Encouraged. Yeah, encouraged. But yeah. here it's mm-hmm. read, regurgitate, read, regurgitate, read, regurgitate, yep. and I'm like, come on, uh, a, a lab animal can do this. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. You're insulting my intelligence. And they do actually. <laughs> and they do all the time. <laughs> Monkeys fly to freaking space. Like, that's... <laughs> well, I I always uh, feel bad for the monkey when people say, oh, a monkey could do that. I'm like, yeah, you're really insulting us. The monkey's a lot smarter than us. So right. Don't, don't yeah. make that comparison. Right. Their cognitive development, is, it shows way better than humans. Don't, wow. don't compare yourself to a lab monkey. That's it's wild. not fair to you. <laughs> <laughs> you lose every time, right? Yeah. But um, uh, so um, uh, at the much disappointment to my father and uh, uh, mother, um, first they took me out of a, a private school. I basically one summer told my father, I was like, you know, you came from Trinidad, an island where you're very poor, you had nothing. Mm-hmm. To a country who uh, racially and culturally did not accept you very much as a child and made fun of your accent, your brown skin mixed kind of like, you know, black, white kid, what's going on with this guy? Um, And you created uh, the first acupuncture massage school in the state, been very successful, fed a family of five, all the odds were stacked against you. You, You're a good businessman. Yeah. And, you know, of course, my father being suspicious, like, yeah, and? Right, right, right. I'm like, I would like to have you appreciate a business decision gone wrong. To give me what you never had, mm-hmm. um, uh, you made sure I went to the best schools. We both know I'm really, really smart. Right. Mm-hmm. But I barely pass every year. Mm-hmm. You always get mad and you know punish me um, for uh, the remarks that I get that you know Lauren should be my best student, but he's one of my worst. Right. Lauren has the greatest essay, but he didn't even do a spell check. He misspelled it. Like, come on, like great content, but no, no effort. Right. Um, so I says, if I'm going to waste my education, why spend so much money on Let it be on the government side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, know. yeah. So after a particular punishment we're not going to get into, um, <laughs> he said, thank you for the uh, you know, um, uh, advice. And he took me into public school, or put me into public school the next year. Mm-hmm. Following year, same vacation. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting on the porch again. Like, so dad, you had that look of like, oh. And I says, I thank you for taking me out of private school, but um, uh, this was the opposite. I went from years of busy work that didn't, you know, um, challenge my intelligence mm-hmm. to a school that had no work at all. Right. Mm-hmm. I was like, Dad, I'll be honest with you, and you may beat me for this, but the truth is, I was absent more days than I was present at that school, and they passed me. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you gave the little Cuban security guy a little bottle of Bacardi, and then he would escort you on his golf cart to your car. Right. And we'd let you, he'd open the gate and let you leave campus. Wow. You show up on test days. You want to, uh, shout out the school. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Don't, Don't do, do it. it. <laughs> Let's not do it. Okay. Mind you, the guy probably doesn't work there anymore. But no, I'm sure he's done. <laughs> um, but, um, uh, but yeah, it, it was just, it was just like, come on, this is like, you know, I was in my tenth grade year. Why am I going to waste two years, two year more, two more years of my life mm-hmm. for nothing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I told him, I said, "Look, we both know I wasn't a great school student. I'm not going to a good college. Right. To be honest, 
if I go to a job where I sit behind a desk with a suit and tie, although I do wear a tie these days, mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm jumping off a building by just starting. Not yeah. the lifestyle I want to live. Mm -hmm. Seven years later. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I got the suit and tie, but, you know, at least I'm doing something I love. But I was like, you've been grooming me for this my whole life. This right. is what I want to do. I could get my GED mm -hmm. and go to your massage school. No way. Start getting my, like, start getting no on track. You, you dropped ads? out? Oh, I'm a dropout. No way. I'm a dropout. Get right. the fuck out of here. Yes, sir. He said, oh, I'm a dropout. <laughs> so, your mama said, Yo, dad said, said it's okay? Right. Wow. That's... Well, he was not thrilled. But uh, you have to keep in mind, my father came from a school of hard knocks. Yeah. So uh, when he came to this country, he was raised by his auntie. You know, back in Trinidad, um, uh, his mother left when he was like two years old. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, he, like, you know, he didn't really know his mother very well. They first met, he first met his, you know, his birth mother at, at age 12, my grandmother, who I love very dearly, but they had a rocky relationship. Um, they spoke once a month on the phone because it's Trinidad, you know, right? Like, they had to walk a mile to get to a telephone to and call you, the you US. Used to call cards, right. you know? They had no electricity, you know, right. it was, it was right. that kind of situation, you know? Um, and, uh, she's a tough Trini woman. So, you know, he's coming here at age 12 when he's, that age where you start to become like yeah, a man. Absolutely. Kind of testosterone kicks in. And, right? you know, and she's tough. She is tough. I love her. She's amazing, but she's tough. Um, so I think at, he told me at age 15, 15, 16, uh, he just, uh, he, he, he ran away from home. Wow. And that man's been on his own ever since. Mm -hmm. So the way he thought about it was like, he didn't like it, but he's like, well, you know, I was on my own since 15. I didn't have a plan. I just had to figure stuff out. Right. Mm -hmm. He's like, at least you have a plan. Um, so I will, you know, I'm not crazy about it, but I will support this decision. My mom cried, of course. She's a crier. <laughs> um, and then she had a silly... Uh, requirement mm -hmm. but I, I obliged she says you have to go to you know school next year for one month if after one month you still feel this way and I was like this is ridiculous but okay cool right so first day of school I went to all my teachers and said look I will not be a disruption I'm not going to be a class clown but just so you know don't be offended the reason I'm sitting in the back not doing any work is I'm leaving at the end of the month mm -hmm. so I'm not going to cause a problem but you know don't feel bad I'm not doing the homework I'm right, participating right, right. I'm out of here um a month later, she sounds was, like Palmetto. <clears throat> <laughs> it was not Palmetto. Uh, Palmetto Don't was slightly better than my old school. Wow. Um, but I'm, uh, uh, at the end of the month, she asked me, you know, do you still feel the same? I'm like, absolutely. Wow. So I withdrew immediately. Um, and, uh, you know, they told me they wanted me to get classes to prepare for my GED. I was like, I really don't feel it's going to be that difficult. I'm just going to wing it. I went for the test. I walked out of there in like 15 minutes. Like it's 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 really it's the, a joke. It's the good enough diploma for a reason. Oh my goodness! I mean, like if my worst subjects realize why you said good enough. Like <laughs> the GED. It's called your general education. I, I know that, but when you said, I was like, good enough. Did you make that? <laughs> I did not. Have you heard of that before? No. I but, listen. I heard but it. And you I was like, slotted in it. I was that's like, that's why very it's called. clever. I was like, who calls? Like that's very clever. Oh. Back in the day, that's what we used to call it, the good enough diploma. Right. Because it was good enough. Right. But it was like my oh. worst subject was math. I'm not very good in Same. math. If you knew what a right angle was, you passed. It was that Stop. easy. I know what a right angle is. Right. If you start getting x to the y to the b to the this, I'm. Yeah. I'm right. done. But you know, when, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I can do that. That's not that hard. Mm -hmm. That was the most difficult mathematical question you were looking at. I walked out of that thing in 15 minutes, and I'm like, how does anyone fail this exam? Right. Like, this was like, maybe I could see in some of the uh, maybe foreign individuals, because on the history, it's Christopher Columbus questions, right, right, these right. kind of stuff, you know, that it's inbred to us as Americans. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But other than that, nothing challenged. That's wild. So I got the GED. GED check. Enrolled in my father's <laughs> massage school. Straight away. Right. Um, graduated from massage school. How long did it take you? Uh, back then, it was about a six and a half, seven month program. Mm -hmm. um, did my clinicals where you have to massage about 50 patients. Um, from there, I uh, jumped back into the classroom as a TA. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Started teaching for my dad. Um, you want to keep a close eye on me. Absolutely. <laughs> um, then uh, 
at that point in time, it used to be the same thing. The only requirement was high school diploma or GED to become an acupuncture physician. Mm-hmm. Maybe about a year before that, just my luck. Switch. Switch needs 60 college credits. Jeez. Now, my father, <clears throat> who, bless his heart, wanted me to be a college graduate, right? which would have been a very smart decision, but <laughs> um, I wouldn't say lied to me. Yeah, he lied. He lied. <laughs> he said I needed an associate's degree. Right. Now, we have just mentioned I am terrible at math. Right. So, um, you know, I'm living on my own. Um, I was lovingly pushed out of the house. You hear that, Dad? Lovingly pushed out of the house. Um, living on my own, paying rent, paying for my college, all of these things. Um, and uh, I am failing math. Mm-hmm. And let me actually take that a step back. I wasn't even college-level math yet because when I went to Miami-Dade and take the test where they assign you courses, right. it was so bad I was at the lowest remedial math I could get. Right. So that was four semesters of me just getting up to college-level algebra. So none of those counted. Yeah. So four semesters, that's a long time. I took about four more semesters of college-level algebra, mm-hmm. failed all four of them. Of course, I mean... Until I decided... Don't we all? Math. <laughs> So I just told my dad, I said, I guess, you know, my dreams of acupuncture is not coming true. We'll just do massage, you know. And he says, well, you kind of don't really need. He dropped a bomb on you. You just need 60 random credits. I was like, bro. <laughs> Based on the mathematics, because acupuncture school is about three and a half year program, I would be graduating right now. Mm-hmm. Oh I haven't God. even started yet. Oh, my goodness. So I was taking... Eastern philosophy, Western philosophy, anything that was like easy credit, easy credit, yeah, take yeah, it, take yeah, it. Yeah. Got my 60 and I jumped right into the acupuncture program when I was uh, 23, 24. I would have been graduating right then. But right, then, right, right. Got delayed. Thanks, Dad. Um, <laughs> for that, um, uh, graduated when I was about uh, 27. Now, um, when I was a kid. This is still a part of your dad's school. Oh, yeah, very much okay, so. Okay. Yeah, the acupuncture and massage college. Um, which they uh, owned and operated for like 30-something years. Only five years ago did my parents retire and sell it off. Um, Wow. And, uh, you know, as a kid, I was, you know, I don't want to say naive, but I was naive. I was that really, like, altruistic optimist. I want to heal the world kind of kid, you know. Um, And uh, I really, of course, was like, I wanted to go off to Spina Bifida kids. Mm -hmm. I could do what my dad did for me. Like, we could do this, you know. And uh, uh, me and my father attempted. And this is what the story gets a little sad and disappointing, and not to bash the Western medical community, but, you know, we approached um, uh, Miami Children's Hospital. Mm-hmm. I will not say the gentleman's name, but the initial doctor who saw me as a kid did all my, my visitations and be like, hey, remember me? Yeah. And um, despite them saying, that's amazing, that's amazing, that's amazing, he's like, uh, I can't have you work here. Right. Wow. And I'm like, I don't want money. This is this. I'm not looking to be an employee. I'm, this is free. Right. This is you're also still a liability. Right. And I understood his point, but it was very sad because imagine kid A and kid B. We can't guarantee results will be the same for every child. Right. Let's say kid A walks, kid B does not. Kids B parents can sue the hospital based on a frivolous thing saying they must have done something to kid A that they did do to my kid, kid B, and that's why kid A is walking and. Wow. But isn't that the same thing if they did it with like medication? Like if kid A, you know, gets it, it and theoretically, then a certain way. And yeah, then, responds a certain way. Theoretically, I think in all ailments, everyone <laughs> gets treated differently. Right. And I the results are different. Agree, but that's that's the reason they gave us for rejecting us, and they wouldn't uh, participate with us. And then on a on a larger scale, if she has insurance and I don't, she's obviously going to get the better treatment. Right. Regardless of no, the fact, facts. Mm-hmm. so Absolutely. if Kid A and Kid B has that difference going on, there's still gonna be the same thing. So, okay, this is just hateration at this point, pretty right? Much. <laughs> pretty much. So, Absolutely. do you think that the reason for that was because of finances? Like, they knew that if you guys had the cure, then you know money is not going into their pocket, like it would be for their treatments. I honestly can't tell you what their thinking was. Mm-hmm. I really don't know. Uh, why to to reject this? Again, it would cost zero dollars mm-hmm. right. to, to do this. Um, we, we were gonna volunteer our time. So why not go, Eric? I was just gonna say arrogancy. 
Just... I was going to say, why not gouge the clients? Say, hey, look, we're going to give you free treatment <laughs> over here at our school. Yeah. And sign a liability waiver saying, hey, listen, we're not promising any whatever. Mm-hmm. Just come give us a try. Right. You know? That uh, would have been a possibly good idea. Me and my father definitely kind of um, were very disheartened by that. And it mm-hmm. took a lot of the wind out of our sails. So right. we never really followed up. Maybe like we should have done our own kind of like guerrilla marketing Absolutely. or something right, right, like right. that. But it was just it was just such a gut punch of like, right. like we wasn't charging. We, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You ain't gonna let us even in the door. All right, that's like that. All right, cool. Um, okay, so I did write this down, so I didn't forget. Why not take on the responsibility of the school, even though it you oh, guys, they sold it? Uh, yeah, good question. Um, first of all, I did not want. Um, <laughs> I saw my I parents <laughs> run that thing for thirty two years. I've seen. The sleepless nights my mother had, the gray hairs that my father had, um, and my father even said so. He goes, although it was a labor of love, Mm -hmm. and I am proud of what I did at that school, Mm -hmm. if I did not have a family of five to feed, I would have closed that school years ago. He goes, I wouldn't wash that upon my enemies. Mm -hmm. He had the noble intention of opening this wonderful school and spreading the wonderful medicine of traditional Chinese medicine. But with every group of say 20 or 100 students you got sorry valerie one or two assholes that um i know my office manager is really me right now um who uh who just make your life miserable Mm -hmm. they try to mutiny other students against you they try to get the owners to resign it's Mm -hmm. like how how are you gonna get someone to own that thing like oh you need to leave for me to stay here well there's the door like you know my parents went through countless, they never lost a single one because they were frivolous, right. but countless frivolous lawsuits means they had to get an attorney, they had to show up to court. Every time that they showed up to the court, you know, sometimes they could have a judge that would be like, oh God, what are we dealing with today? And usually it was thrown out almost instantly, like, I'm so sorry to have wasted your time. Right. But that was, you know, they had to deal with it. Right. And every year it was something. So, you know, um, uh, they were happy to walk away from that and get their life back. Wow. Um, so for me... I prefer to uh, to just uh, treat my patients as a simpler, simpler, easier life mm-hmm. than dealing with uh, students. Because at the same time, I did deal with students in the classroom, uh, supervising in the massage clinic and, and things like that. And I had uh, students I used to supervise at my clinic when it was still kind of, uh, me and my father had like a, an agreement here at the, at the school versus, or collaboration with the clinic. Mm-hmm. And we would host the students here three days a week. Um, and uh, even that, you always got a couple in the batch where you're like, God, 90% of you are so much fun, but there's always that 10% right, right, where right. it's like, you ruined my day. Just <laughs> When I hear that, oh, you're out sick, you go, yay, we're going to have a fun day today. But it's just like you have someone who's mentally or emotionally unstable, and it's just like, why? Why do you have to be like this? There's no reason for it. Mm-hmm. Whether it be the bad attitude or just the erraticness, and you're like, I'm, I'm just trying to help you. Right. <laughs> so the clinic is solely yours, right? Yeah, the clinic is solely mine. Uh, solely mine. Okay. And what made you open the clinic here? Ah, okay. And by here I mean area? right. So by here I mean Cutler Palmetto Bay area, mm-hmm. Perine. Uh, Perine area, right? <laughs> right off US one. Hey, I'm telling right. you, just answered. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, there. <laughs> right off US one. Um, uh, no, no, no. The 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 other part, Cutler Bay, Perine. Um, as I said, as a kid, I wanted to help people. I wanted to help the world. Right. And uh, as a kid uh, and as an adult, um, it's very clear to me who I wanted to help. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when, when you watch in a movie, I'm the guy who roots for the underdog. I'm mm-hmm. the guy who roots yeah. for the underprivileged. I like the guy. I, I'm in the corner of the guy who's the economically disadvantaged part of society. Right. right. One of my old-time goals with this clinic actually is for it to be a multi-billions multi-billion dollar uh multiply of clinics that allows me to fund free clinics starting out in west africa mm-hmm. and helping getting the orphan children off the streets wow. and in the schools and hopefully training them to become doctors of traditional chinese medicine because africa could use it but that's a whole side pet project that right. hopefully one day if i get a rich man <laughs> um but uh so um I looked at my profession, who very much 
likes to think of themselves as better as the Western doctors, right? Because the Western doctors are all about money. They're all about money, and they're all about money. And yes, we all got to eat, and we all need food on the table. Right. I get that. Everybody mm-hmm. needs to eat. But people in my profession are sometimes just as guilty. Mm-hmm. I see so many colleagues, and they advertise specifically to the rich and famous. Mm-hmm. They're trying to get the rich and famous as their patient. And when you look at... Um, advertisements towards uh, acu- uh, towards uh, patients for acupuncture, traditional Chinese medicine, they're really gearing it towards a very specific demographic, rich white people. Right. Mm-hmm. And in the lower economic uh, communities, we have black, brown people. There was nothing appealing to them. There was nothing called, they would, this was not for them. Mm-hmm. And again, as, a, as an example I was given, I say, if you go on your, your phone right now and you Google acupuncture clinic, you're going to see in the rich white neighborhoods a saturation of them mm-hmm. right. everywhere. You go to uh, working class neighborhoods, you, there's not one. But there is one. There's me. <laughs> there's you, right. So I say, okay, this one's right next to Prime. Yeah. Right next to Richmond Heights. Right. right. South Miami Heights. Right. Gould. Cutler Bay. I'm okay. Like, so I'm right in the middle of them. Yeah. So I can say, hey, this is actually for you. Mm-hmm. And this is actually better for you right. because this doesn't have to cost that much money. Some of my colleagues do charge 200 plus for a treatment. You know, I keep mine at a price that someone working a 9 to 5, living paycheck to paycheck, mm-hmm. can find a way to find the extra money to right. pay for medical care if he needs it. And when we opened up the clinic, this was 2009. So keep in mind, this is pre-Obamacare. Affordable mm-hmm. Care Act wasn't out yet. Right. So there was a lot of working class people around this country who didn't have any health insurance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And clearly no means to pay for medical care if they really needed it. Right. So we said, we're going to go to this neighborhood. We're going to open it up and give a price uh, that people could afford. Yeah. And back then we also had the students as well, so it was even uh, better because we could say, hey, you could get me at a very affordable rate or you could get one of our student uh, physicians supervised by one of us at an even you know, 50% oh, I mean, of my right, 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 right. So you could get like bar- bargain basement price kind of thing. Question, would you say that your uh, colleagues charge a lot more because they went through a different process as you? Same process. Same okay. school, same education, same everything. Um, uh, a lot of my colleagues uh, very much disagree with me. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of colleagues, I don't like to discuss my prices because uh, I get attacked saying I'm undervaluing our services. Right. Mm-hmm. And they say, uh, I see a lot of it on the Facebook communities, uh, the acupuncture Facebook communities, where a lot of people are of the stance that they say, hey, you know, some people just can't afford your services. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I get that. I do, I do see that. There is value in what we do. Absolutely. And some of our patients don't value that. That's part of being in the medical profession. It's a thankless right. profession. But we not gotta pat ourselves right, on the back. I was going to say, not, right. to the, not to the extent of what you do, but we offer medical uh, health care in a sense, right? Because uh, whoever can't lift or work out with me, they can work out in the pool where she operates. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like the aquatic workouts are just if not even better than what I do. What he does, like if your mind isn't right, the life coaching that he provides, you're not going to want to do anything. Mm-hmm. So imagine people who look at us and are like, eh, I'll, I'll deal with it later or I don't want to pay that price. Mm-hmm. Then now you're going to walk around and have to go to the high-priced doctors where you don't have insurance, where you have to get freaking medication that's going to end up hurting something else. When you could have did preventative measures or knocked it out with, you know, a couple of needles here and there, yeah, no right. offense to what you do. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like the cupping that you provided for me, like things like that were stuff we don't understand, but we know, hey, if he's doing it, something has to help or work. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Results. So results have yeah. to come from it. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Joke I always make is, you know, like a lot of people be like, you know, does it really work? And I'm like, well, not only am I living proof if you know my story. But, you know, Chinese medicine is uh, 5,000 years old. They're still here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. So what does acupuncture actually cure? So, like, what is the list of things that you guys try to prevent or cure? And what are things that 
Mm-hmm. It definitely it doesn't, doesn't do. Right. Right. Okay. Well, um, good question. First thing I would like to say is just as I'm a stickler for it, I always like to, there's two words that a lot of people use that I don't like. Mm-hmm. Cure and heal. I don't cure anything. I don't heal anything. I do treat things. Right. Okay. But I don't. I, I like people know that. I can't. I can't cure you. Right. I can't heal you. Right. Truth is the matter is the body cures and heals itself. I nudge it in the right direction. Right. Okay. I do nothing. Smart. Okay. Um, now in term, in terms of what I could treat, it's probably why you're that is a like very <laughs> vast uh, category. So it's actually easier to tell you what I can't treat. Okay. You get shot. Stabbed or hit by a car, please do not come call me. Go to a trauma center immediately. Right. Okay. 99.9% of everything else I can treat. Really? So most everything that I do treat falls into three major categories. Orthopedics. So that would be your pain problems, your neck pain, your lower back pain, right. sciatica, frozen shoulder, etc., etc. Internal medicine. This would be things that are related to the internal organs like, you know, high blood pressure, High cholesterol, mm-hmm. uh, gastrointestinal disorders like digestion problem, um, your emotional disorders like um, stress, anxiety, depression, insomnia, wow. uh, things of this nature. And then we get to uh, the, um, it's still internal medicine, but it's specific to the female body, female reproductive system, mm-hmm. gynecological mm-hmm. disorders. Mm-hmm. This is things that a slew of women have, but they don't think that it's abnormal, but it is abnormal, like painful periods. Mm-hmm. Every woman accepts this. This is part of the game. No, it's not. All right. It can be corrected. Uh, no periods, late periods, infertility, uh, PCOS, endometriosis, um, and a slew wow. of gynecological disorders. Mm-hmm. So everything falls into those three categories, internal medicine, orthopedics, or gynecology. Do you treat pregnant women? Yes, yes we do. Okay, you know, just throwing that out there. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Jade? I was going to ask, um, I don't know how to really word it, but like, what's the perspective or like the mindset that you need to be in to kind of, so mm. that this can work? Right. Good. Yes. No, right. no, 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 seriously. Right. You have to think about, you have to, I was just talking to a client this morning about if you don't work with me, what we do is not going to work for right. you. Help me help you. Right, help me help you. So, yeah, it's definitely... That's actually a, a very good point. Um, and uh, I think in life, mm-hmm. uh, whether we're talking about acupuncture, uh, getting your, your exercise fitness goals, mm-hmm. whatever it is, yeah. mm-hmm. if you don't want it, you're wasting my time yeah. and yours. Two biggest cases I hate to tackle... As an acupuncturist, and please listen out there, people. All right, good, good. Smoking cessation mm-hmm. and weight loss. Mm-hmm. Everyone says, oh, you can stop smoking, you can lose weight. Yes, it's 100% true. Yes, acupuncture can help you stop smoking, and it can help you lose weight. Here's the problem. There we go. 90% of the people who call me for that want magic. I don't do magic. Mm-hmm. I do medicine. <laughs> I can't make you want to stop the name smoking. Of the I do medicine. Oh, please make that the title. Yes, the title. <laughs> if, if you don't want to stop smoking, right. I can't help you. I right. can do a treatment for you right now, and you can have a cigarette right afterwards. Right. right. Now, if you've got it convinced in your mind, I want to quit, mm-hmm. I can help you with that. Because that anger, that err, that right, jitter, right. I can help calm that down. Right. Okay. That err, that intensity. Right. The but you're going to war. You have a habitual addiction. You're going to war, and it's going to last, guess what, about three to six months. Mm. Wow. Who's going to win? You or the cigarettes? You going to take your power back or not? Because I'll right. be honest, on this podcast, I was a smoker for a very long time. Get the fuck out of here. I was a stupid little kid at age 11. I thought I was cool smoking squares off the ground. My neighbor used to hide from his wife, smoke a couple puffs, throw them on the ground. I picked them right back up. <laughs> Wow. And one day my father just said, like, you got two options. You either quit your profession or stop being a hypocrite and quit. Right. You can't treat people smelling like cigarettes. Right. And I had to come to the conclusion he was right. Yeah. And despite knowing acupuncture treatments for stopping cigar- uh, smoking that I could have done to myself, despite knowing fully how to do that, mm-hmm. I didn't. I made a decision I wanted to quit. It hurt like hell. Yeah. It lasted about six months, but I quit. And one of the ways I quit, so anyone out there who's listening wants to quit cigarettes, it's called the five-minute game. 
Now, one, I'm the kind of person, the second, even myself, if I say, I can't have it, that's the very thing I want. Right. I can't have a cookie? Well, guess what? I'm about to kill a box of cookies right now. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> some people need to throw away the cigarettes. Everyone is different. I didn't. I had a fresh pack of cigarettes that stared at me every day on my counter. Mm-hmm. Not to torture me, not to torment me. That was my safety net, saying, it's there if you want. It's there. You yeah, can't have it. I am not saying no. Right. And every time I would get a craving, you play the five-minute game. If in five minutes I want that cigarette just as badly as I do in this moment, right. it's yours. You've earned it. You can have it. Enjoy. Right. If in five minutes you can go another five minutes, let it go. Right. Now, some days, now every uh, craving you have lasts literally five minutes long. Mm-hmm. So you know that. You're going to yeah. be good after five <laughs> minutes. So... You just got to hold on to that roller coaster for five minutes, and it's intense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in literally two minutes' time, you may get another ride on that roller coaster. It's like ocean waves crashing against you. But that doesn't mean you've earned it now. Mm-hmm. Clock is now reset. Right. This is a new ocean wave. You got another five minutes. So some days you get a couple ocean waves. Some days it feels like it's happening all day long. But after you've gone your first 24 hours of not having a cigarette that you probably haven't done in years, Mm -hmm. that is one hell of an accomplishment. (laughs) You go your first week, that is a a milestone. You go your first 30 days, no matter what craving you have after that, you may buckle, but think about it. For a cigarette that's going to last three to five minutes tops, is that worth to undo 30 days? Right. Nah, it gets easier to say no to that because you're like, nah, bro, I've done 30 days. <laughs> no, I don't need that. it. I don't need it. And I've gotten to the point where uh, I haven't had this, I don't know, I'm going to say 10 years, maybe more. Good, good um, for you. And uh, no, maybe a little bit less than that. I don't, I don't remember exactly. I forgot how that's a good thing. I can be around a cigarette smoker. I can be in a house full of, of people smoking a cigarette. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no desire. I have no craving for it. Because a lot of people have told me, you know, like, oh, you're going to always have that craving for cigarettes. I don't. I have no craving for it whatsoever. Wow. That's that's big. Okay. So how does acupuncture actually work? That is a very difficult question. <laughs> so I'm going to do my best. Um, the simplest analogy uh, that I have found to give people is, first of all, think of your body in terms of like a cell phone. Mm -hmm. And just like a cell phone, all over uh, the main screen of your cell phone, we have all these little apps that we can click on. Well, in acupuncture, we got about close to about 400 commonly used apps spread all over the body. Mm -hmm. Each one of those apps has multiple health functions. Mm -hmm. Now, unlike your cell phone, which is literally touch screen, these apps are inside the body. Now, floating throughout the air all around us is electromagnetic energy. Mm-hmm. So the needle not only activates and stimulates that point, it's almost like an antenna to pick up on that electric magnetic energy mm-hmm. in the air, funnels it down into that point, and it almost amplifies its effect. Because I could, through like hand therapy, stimulate those points. Mm-hmm. And you may get some kind of benefit out of that. But the difference between a hand therapy and an acupuncture needle is almost astronomical. Mm-hmm. Uh, the interesting thing also about that is, is uh, from a more of a kind of uh, almost metaphysical side, because my father loves that kind of stuff, um, the old Chinese needles have what's called a double helix. So you have the needle, then you have the, um, uh, the shaft of the needle where you have the coil, mm-hmm. and on the very tip you have like a little circular coil. And uh, later, that has been come to be known as the Tesla coil. Because when Tesla was doing lots of experiments with electricity, when he put that double helix, that double coil on top, he was able to uh, spread electricity over a miles, miles difference using the same amount of, of initial input, but just that extra coil, it amplified it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the interesting thing is, how did the Chinese know about that? Right. 5,000 years. Right, right, right. Because they've been using the Tesla coil since the right. beginning, so it's pretty pretty fascinating stuff. And you don't use that now? The Tesla coil? Absolutely. Oh, okay. Every needle that you look at, it has that initial uh, coil of, of stainless steel, mm-hmm. and then at the top there's a little little circular thing. Right, right, right. So yeah, they use that same thing. That's cool. Um, 
So uh, that is the uh, simplest way that okay. I can describe it, yeah. Cool. Question. There yes, we go. Yes, there we go. Can you, can you treat yourself? Like, can you? I treat, treat you? myself on a daily basis, actually. Or at least uh, three times a week basis when I'm being bad. <laughs> is that um, is that like your exercise in a sense or well I've been very bad at that but I'm trying to get on the bike to do real exercise like you right. but uh, it is it is part of uh, yeah I would say it is part of my exercise because aside from doing you know aerobic and, and strength training exercise you know you know exercise is more cumulative where stretching and acupuncture is a part of my my uh, regimen and routine mm-hmm. to take care of not just the physical but the internal as well. Right. Yeah. We've had conversations about this, but what are some of like those main injuries that you see from people who work out excessively? Ooh. Okay, uh, I would say straight off the bat, number one, top of the list, low back with sciatica. Mm-hmm. That would be number one. Can be just lower back, but the, the, they tend to come very similar right. together. Um, neck and, you know, right, left, or both shoulders seems to be a a close second. Um, in the younger years, you see just more kind of like pain in the shoulders, but as I see more patients more in their like 40s, 50s, we start to see a lot more like frozen shoulder. Mm. They go to raise their shoulder and just like maybe 15, 20 degrees and there's too much pain, they can't raise it any higher than that. Where it should go 180 way above the head and they can't do it. Young people, they can still do the 180, but there's pain when they get to the top. Mm -hmm. And it hasn't really settled in yet. It's going to start chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. But as they, 15 years later, Mm -hmm. they may do that one lifting a grocery bag and then it's done. And and you see the bulk of these injuries come from what particular exercises? Like what exercises or exercise methods do you recommend people stay away from? Um, when it comes to low back deadlifts, which ones? Because there's straight leg deadlift, and uh, listen, I'm, I do this, so I want to make mm-hmm. sure I'm even me as as a coach. Like I never mm-hmm. want people to do something that's going to potentially land them in an ER when they mm-hmm. shouldn't be doing it, or it'll have uh, a negative effect on them later. Yeah. So there's the deadlift where you have you know two feet, you're squatting down to the floor, and then there's a straight leg deadlift where you are intentionally working your lower back, your glutes, and your hamstrings. Okay, straight leg deadlift, definitely, I would say that's a dangerous one. That one is really, really bad. Puts way too much pressure on the lower back. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one that you're speaking of, I don't know of it. Mm-hmm. Sound, what, I, what I pictured was more of a squat. More of a squat, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, so squats, uh, not so bad. Squats, um, people have to be careful a little bit uh, for the knees. Knees, yeah. Because I've seen a lot of people who do the squats, um, like uh, you look at some of the the old yogis, they do what's called a Hindu squat, mm-hmm. and it's incredible. They literally go down to the floor, but the perpendicular of the knee on top of the angle, uh, ankle mm-hmm. never leaves, mm-hmm. and the back. You see, you look at the the back always goes forward when you do the squat. The back stays also perfectly in line. It's, it's like such strength that they're doing. They don't need weight. Right. So I find when it comes to the squats, people are trying to go too, too, like sometimes too they're like, oh, I'm going to look like like a punk. Yeah, yeah, Going yeah. like, just like this. That's you, bro. Right, right, this right. This five degree movement. That's you because if I go here, you lost it. Gotcha. So you got to stick right there. As it develops strength, yes, you can go low, 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 so everything stays straight. But that takes months. That takes years. Right. People want it too much, too fast. Like anything that's worth having. Listen, man. Takes hard work. We live in a microwave society. We exactly. want their results right now. Right. Exactly. Okay. That's when good. it comes to the shoulders, um, the two that I see causing uh, the bigger problems that I like when I used to walk around at like uh, Planet Fitness or Twenty Four Hour Fitness when I was before. A lot of times I was like, I can't do this, but. A lot of personal trainers, I'm like, these people would hate me because I would just walk and be like, hey, here's my card. After he's not hurting you, like, call me mom and fix that. Yeah, like that. Because I see a lot of personal trainers doing stuff where I'm like, okay, I get it. You learned that on your little, you know, course that you took, but this is so bad for the body. No one should ever do that. Um, one would be uh, 
So lat pull downs, right? Yeah. I see a lot of people like the lat pull downs behind the neck. Mm-hmm. So dangerous. Right. Go to the chest. Yes. That's safe. Behind the neck, because when you go behind, you're already doing this. When you go behind the neck and you need that extra little bit, what do you do? Mm. Right. Now all of a sudden, mm. you're going to pull a muscle or you're going to slip a disc. So Jeez. easily. So easily. Wow. Good to know. Um, and uh, the, uh, we call it that exercise. Um, what's this one? Shoulders. Shoulder press. press. Shoulder press. Or military press. Military press. Um, one of the worst shoulder exercises you can do. Because if you take, like, a, uh, I can show you uh, one guy. He's, a, I think, a physical therapist. Mm-hmm. It's a great video where he has one of those, I don't have those fancy dummies, where it has the skeleton and the ligaments, everything underneath, and you can move it around for like a couple thousand dollars. Right, so of course. One. But he shows you when you do this uh, exercise, what happens, and because of the movement of the uh, acromion process, um, uh, and you see all of the uh, rotator, not all, but some of the rotator cuff, they get pinched every time. Mm-hmm. So you do that enough times, and going to cut a little micro tears, little micro tears, little micro tears, tear it. Wow. So if you are going to do that one, at least can't be back here. Like if the scapulas are starting to wing out, right. so bring it to the front. Bring it to the front, and now it clears the pathway mm-hmm. for them. But a lot of times I tell people, you want to do shoulders, the best thing to do is you want to do anterior, something like this, great. Grab the weight, grab the cable, whatever. Boom, 90 degrees. That's right. you right there. Right, right, right. You want to do medial, same thing. Boom, that's you right there. You want to do posterior, boom, that's you right there. Mm-hmm. And there's other things that you could do as well. But yeah, those ones, good to know. All right, let me interrupt you here. Everyone listening can redeem a 50% off their treatment with a coupon alive today. Oh, All you- <laughs> right. All you have to do is call the Affordable Acupuncture Clinic to book. The number is 305 305- Two three two 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 zero zero. Again, everyone listening can receive a fifty percent off their treatment with the promo code Alive Today, and just call three zero five two three two 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 zero zero. And yeah, um, back to our regular scheduled program. We won't keep you too much longer. Um, I, I do have one more question. Um, and it's it's along the lines of you know, what you were saying about going overseas, right? Mm-hmm. What would you say, and not just going overseas, but in general, what would you say is missing from the educational system around the world when it comes to uh, acupuncture or traditional Chinese medicine? Um, I uh, would have to say that, well, two things. One, in terms of exposure to it or acceptance of it as uh, a medicine, uh, unfortunately, I wouldn't have to say around the world. I would have to say a large part of the rejection of it is yeah, here in the United States. Absolutely. I mean, again, at first, I did, like I said, I opened here in a black and brown community for catering to the, that demographic who mm-hmm. no one was catering to. And at first, they wanted nothing to do with me. Right. And a lot of people, I heard it, and it broke my heart. I said, oh, we black people, we don't do acupuncture. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but I've been to Africa, and full of black people, and they're very, very interested. They're right. very, very curious. So the education about it was different. One was running towards it. The other one was running away. In the past, I would say, five years, here in the U.S., in that community, that black and brown, it's changed. There's a shift. Mm-hmm. Now they're interested. They're, right. I wouldn't say running towards it, but they're, they're curious, walking. Yes. They're curious. They're walking in the door now. Um, but, uh, one of the sad things I would say worldwide is, um, this, I shouldn't have a job. Mm-hmm. I, I should be, I, I, my job should not exist. In my opinion, even though what I studied was difficult, um, and hard, I also learned it as an adult. This, what I know in terms of acupuncture, nutrition, how the physical body should work. Things we should be common knowledge. Common knowledge. That's where I was going. We should have as children where you don't need jobs like me. Of course. I would become a writer, a musician, or I'd have to pick something else to do because nobody needs that. Yeah. It's like oh, you know, you have, you know, gallbladder inflammation, take these herbs. oh yeah, everybody knows that. Right. You know, it's like this should be this shouldn't be secretive. This should people shouldn't pay me for this. They should be what do you mean? 
My five-year-old child does that. Everybody does that. Right. And, and, okay, so this is where I was actually going to lead to in my last question. How, how do we get you into the school system? Or into a system where at least the basics are being taught? Because from what you're saying, obviously you're way smarter than we are about what you know. Mm-hmm. If this stuff is basic and it should be taught, how do we get that into the school system? How do we get that into a system where it's synonymously pushed out? Because that's what we always talk about for our company. It's like, how do we get the, the health aspects of our company into the school system? So, like you said, like they don't need us. They don't need us. Right. Well, I'm just a motivator. We are right, motivated. Right, yeah. right, right. To be honest, if you got the answer to that, you're definitely smarter than me. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm sure uh, all of us went to public school at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Was there a Burger King at your school? There wasn't mine. We had Pizza Hut. I had Pizza Hut. Okay. Chick-fil-A. My point, there was fast food at your school. Yeah. yeah. That's not food. Right. They were pumping you full of poison. Yeah. Something that they still classify as food. Absolutely. 90% of the world says that's not such food. Mm-hmm. And as a young maturing body, physical organism, they say, oh, we're going we're gonna to have you eat this as nutrition. Well, no wonder kids were exhausted all the time. Right. And not having nutrient yielding. It's basically just like cardboard they're eating. Mm-hmm. There's nothing uh, nutrient rich about that. Yeah. Um, so I honestly don't know, especially in my, uh, not to get political right now, but in my field that seems a little bit difficult because unfortunately there's a traditional Chinese word in there in the medicine, <laughs> and we know our particular president is not very fond of China right now. Right. So I don't see that going into the um, uh, the school system anytime soon. Uh, I mean. Never we'll, say never. We'll talk offline. I, <laughs> we'll, go there. we'll go there with you. But um, yeah, I, I think we could put a hard stop there. You know, I, I think the information that you've put out there is definitely great. We love the fact that you are in this community. Right. You know, and you you chose consciously to come here, even though you could have been 15 minutes north and right. making 15% or 20% more. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's, it's, you know what I'm saying? It's one of those things where, you know, I, I definitely appreciate it. You know, mm-hmm. I definitely appreciate the person that you are because I wouldn't have met you if you weren't at the yeah. event that we were at, right, you know, right. the, the men's locker room talk. And, and we talked about that with our key that shows that there's a, an itching ear for men to have those open conversations. And then you never know who's there and who does what. Right. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So I really appreciate you being who you are. Because if you were a closed-minded individual, you wouldn't have been there. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And let alone speak out the way you did. You know what I mean? So I really appreciate that. Thank you for being here in our community. Thank you so much. Giving back to our people. Thanks and so thank you for being on our podcast. Um, I so, want to thank you guys for having me. For sure. I, admit, I was super nervous about this. <laughs> My office manager knows I... I typically shy away from things like this, so right. she didn't even fully tell me what I was doing today. <laughs> I didn't really give her too much information. I just told her it was just conversation. Yeah, well, she didn't even tell me that much. I just knew I was coming. We had something to do on Saturday. I didn't really know exactly what it was until yesterday. I was like, oh, re- okay. <laughs> but after like two minutes, it was super comfortable. And it was, right. really, it was a lot of fun. Thank you. Again, thank you for doing this podcast with us. Um, so we'll close out again. Everyone listening can receive fifty percent off their treatment coupon alive today. All you have to do is call and book your reservation three zero five two three two 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 zero zero. Ask for Val or any of the nice people who are at the front desk. They'll definitely uh, put you in the right direction. Um, wise words. Good. Wise words. No, that's it. They're amazing here. We've Facts. all had treatment. Right, right. So that's, that's something this we didn't mention. It is <laughs> legit. I mean, you leave here feeling like a new person, honestly. Well, so whatever whatever ailment hey, you're looking for. I was going to say that. Quarter of the day, you leave here feeling like a new person. So yeah. thanks, guys. Thank you. And...